Stand by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsick. Ah, uh, this is Craig Moore. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Welcome in. Thank you so much for tuning in. And, of course, you can hit us up anytime on demand at the My Country 95.5 app to listen to all of our shows. Good one this week, the avian bird flu. That's what we're talking. Let's get to it. Have you hooked a big fish or harvested a beast of an animal? Let us know all about it at the My Country mobile app. You're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors on My Country 95.5. Welcome back to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. I am Drew and always joined with, uh, by Janet Millick from Wyoming Game and Fish Department, the public information specialist. And Janet, we have gone through a couple of years now of different shows and, and different questions have come in. And one of the questions that a lot of hunters right now are worried about is this avian flu that we keep hearing about. So That's we thought right. that we needed to tackle this topic uh, and bring in the, the pros. As always, Drew, our hunters and our publics are spot on with their concerns and questions. And so we're super happy today to have brought the experts on to talk about some of these these things that are going on right now. It's, it's not just here in Wyoming, it's national, and it's not just with wild critters, it's with domestic as well. And so I would like to welcome Dr. Samantha Allen, who is our state wildlife vet. She works um, out of our Laramie region and is the head of our state wildlife health lab, as well as Jessica Jennings Gaines, who is a wildlife disease specialist for the laboratory and really is the one on the ground tackling a lot of doing the testing for the disease, talking to the public about this. And so Sam and Jessica, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having us. Guys, this has been something that uh, we've been seeing I guess the effects of this avian flu for a little while now, and if you've been to the grocery store, you've seen the price of eggs, where there it's outrageous to to buy eggs at this point. But this all really uh, is connected to to this avian influenza, the avian flu, and and I know that Sam, you have a really good grasp on this. Can you explain it a little more to us? Avian influenza is worldwide, right? This has been going on for many years. This isn't a new thing for the world. Um, it's just a new thing for us right now. And for those that keep track of the news and own poultry, so they're probably more like in tune to some of these outbreaks. We did have a highly pathogenic avian influenza outbreak back in 2014 and 2015. So the big thing here to note is while it's the same kind of group of viruses, right? We're dealing with influenzas, we're dealing with avian influenzas. For this round, the strain we're dealing with is very, um, very high and very good at killing other birds, not just poultry. So it's kind of mutated um, as it's made its way back this time. What are some of the signs of the avian flu, the bird flu, basically? How can people tell if they see a bird that may be infected? 
Um, and I'll let Jessica kind of chime in here too, because she talks to a lot of the people in the field. But in general, um, like many diseases, you normally just can't tell by looking at them. But Jessica, I'll let you kind of tie in because you talk to everyone out there all the time. Uh, yeah, we are we are getting some reports of uh, maybe some generalized signs that people are seeing. But like Sam said, um, a lot of times you'll just find dead dead birds. This virus is very acute. It kills birds very quickly. Um, another concern is other sicknesses in birds can present with the same symptoms, the same signs. Um, we've definitely gotten a lot of birds into the lab that did not have high path avian influenza. Um, so you kind of have to tease that out because you can't just tell by looking at them. But a lot of the signs that we're hearing uh, from the field, um, birds could have diarrhea. So you could see that on their um, feathers. Uh, also, neurologic issues. So heads down, heads bent in a weird shape, uh, walking in circles, swimming in circles, you know, not flying letting people get close to them. Um, seizures, we're hearing a lot of in raptors, um, and that may be more because uh, we're hearing that from um, rehabilitators who are with the raptors all the time, and they're seeing these uh, signs that you're not probably going to see when you're just out in the, in the field. Um, but those are some of, the, some of the more common signs we're hearing from field folks. Now, this bird flu can be passed on from bird to human. Is this going to be something we have to worry about now? So um, as of right now, and we're talking like North America and during this outbreak, there's only been one human case, and that was in Colorado, and that was in an individual that worked really closely with a poultry facility. There has been another kind of human case um, in the UK, and that started really early on in this outbreak. So again, if you think of how many birds that have died from this and other kind of wild mammals, we've only really had two. That being said, you know, in other countries, again, like China, there are more cases like this um, that they do get from avian influenza. All that aside, right, so take that all out, there is still a really low risk there if you're following, you know what I mean, the proper procedure. So, you know, we always recommend if people are finding dead things, wear gloves, um, wear masks if you have them. A lot of people have masks now. It's not a hard thing to do. Don't lick anything, right? We're trying not to get that inside of us. Um, so that's always a good thing to say. And really just try and follow that cleanliness perspective, right? You know, you don't want to bring sick animals into your house. You don't want to bring sick things like pathogens into your house. And you want to avoid kind of that transmission too. So while low, it's still there. So we want to be cautious. Very good. Awesome. All right. We have lots of information to continue to cover. As always, you can go to wgfd.wild.gov. There's a great uh, pamphlet handout that you can look. And uh, if you have any questions, you can uh, just reach out to Game and Fish. We're back with more in just a few minutes. To Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. My Country 95.5. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are talking with Dr. Sam Allen, the state wildlife vet. Jessica Jennings Gaines, who's a wildlife disease specialist with Game and Fish. And, of course, Janet Millick. Now, Sam... If my dog retrieves a bird and comes in and licks on my face, uh, does this cause a problem? Uh, can he pass it to me and can he get it? So there's kind of two things here. And, you know, the first side here is people ask, can my dogs or cats get sick with this? And so in general, we always say, try not, you know what I mean, to let your domestic animals eat a dead animal that they find. I know that's difficult. My dogs eat stuff they shouldn't constantly, but... 
Um, while again, this is really low risk, right? There still is a risk there. So I just want people to be aware of that. If you're really concerned, you should go see your veterinarian, right? Like they're going to be the best ones to kind of walk you through some of this. So again, low risk, but the risk still exists. And then the next thing you're talking about is if my dog picks it up, can I get it? Based on what we're seeing, mammals don't tend to be like the good ones at, you know, creating this virus, making more of it and transmitting it on. That's more a bird's job. So the virus is still very much like a bird virus, right? We're looking at them as the reservoirs is spread. But again, you know, you want to try and minimize that risk too. So I would say that risk is even lower. Like I wouldn't, you know, I'd put that even lower than your dog getting sick, but it's still maybe potentially there too. So I would just be cognizant, right? We don't want our domestic animals eating stuff that they probably shouldn't if we can avoid it. Um, and we want to talk to our domestic animal vets if we can. And then for us specifically, if we're worried, you want to talk to Wyoming Public Health if we think there's a concern there. I would just say um, you do need to be aware that um, you and your pets can be fomites. So you could carry the virus. So not to say that your dog's going to lick that bird and get sick and then, you know, be able to transmit it to you through his breath or, you know, through uh, any kind of fluids. Um, but certainly could pick up the virus, you know, if it goes and rolls in a dead goose, it's got a lot of diarrhea, could possibly pick up some of that virus, bring it back to you. So just remember, inhalation and ingestion are the main ways, you know, that could get into your body. And just be cognizant of that. So wash your hands before you eat lunch in the field. Um, if you have chickens at home, you probably want to make sure that you're disinfecting your hunting gear, so your boots, anything that was out there that could have possibly come in contact, you know, um, better safe than sorry. But that would be my concern is just remember you could be a fomite. You could carry things around too, and so could your pets. So, Jessica, is it a see something, say something kind of a scenario? Should we really be concerned and should we just always report something? Our guidance has been, you know, if you see three to five, you know, more than that many of, of, a, of a die off, let us know. Definitely. If you see any sick birds out there, um, I wouldn't take it upon yourself to euthanize those. Give Game and Fish a call. They'll come out. Um, assess the situation and euthanize that bird if they need to. You know, we haven't seen this in um, any small songbird species yet. We've definitely tested quite a few. We tend to see other diseases in those birds, and, and we found some, some opportunistically found some other diseases throughout the summer um, just because we've increased our surveillance. But, you know, if you have one dead finch in your yard, we're probably not concerned about that. You know, if you have one dead crow, that just happens, you know, um, not that concerned. But if you got 20 dead birds in your yard, give us a call. Definitely if you're out hunting and you find 20 dead geese, uh, we would like to know that. We would like to document that. We do have a map online so the public can see where we're having our, our biggest issues, and we'll keep that updated. How long does a case of the avian flu last? I mean, in the past, has it been six, eight months, a year, two years? This is this is a tricky one. And if anyone can answer this one, um, I think they'd win like a million dollars. Um, but right now, we know that, you know, versions or high path AI are moving constantly, right? Because it's moved on wild birds. So when wild birds are moving across different parts of the world, you know, they're spreading it in one area, picking stuff up and then moving it to another area and picking other parts up. So We've been really lucky in the past few years to kind of avoid something like this. Um, we did have that outbreak in 2014 and 2015, and that lasted, I mean, someone probably knows better than I did, but a little over a year. Um, you know, this one is already like we're passing 
we're going to pass that time frame most likely. And that's just because we're seeing it in the fall and now in the spring and every time in between. So I think, unfortunately, um, it's just an unknown right now. Um, I think we can do a good job at trying to predict some of these things by looking at kind of our other counterparts in other parts of the world, um, like Europe and the Middle East and China, because they're dealing with this all the time. And they were dealing with it prior to when we got it, too. So I think, you know, we just have to, like, reach out to our colleagues out there and keep an eye on what's happening out there, because I really think that's going to mimic, you know, unfortunately or fortunately what we're getting here. Wow. Lots of information. And we're not finished. We've got more to give you on the bird flu, the avian flu that is affecting birds all over the world. Sam, Jessica, Janet, hang on. We've got more coming up. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. Hooking and Hunting Outdoors, my country, 95.5. And we are back. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. Dr. Sam Allen, Jessica Jennings-Gaines, and, of course, Janet is with us from Wyoming Game and Fish Department, and we're talking the avian flu, which it's been the talk of a lot of hunters in the duck and goose blind uh, over the last few months, and a lot of folks are really concerned. And I think one thing I want to really focus on here, Janet, is uh, let's make sure that everybody knows the birds that can be affected by this and may be an issue for the hunters. You know, um, we're seeing it, this strain, in a lot of our raptor species. So I believe we're up to 33 great horned owls. Um, and these are just the number of birds that we've detected it in. Because, you know, Wyoming is a wide open space. Um, so we're probably not finding all the dead birds that are out there. Uh, but luckily, owls, you know, tend to be in town a lot, be around houses, um, and, and large enough that people are finding. So a lot of great horned owls. We've had several... Uh, red tail hawks. I think we're up to 13 or 14. Um, we're waiting on some results right now. Uh, we've seen them in some duck species here and there. We've had some eared grebes, loons, uh, a blue winged teal. We've had a wood duck. Uh, just had a golden eye duck actually from Thermopolis last or this earlier this week. Um, some swans in up near Jackson. A lot of wild turkeys. So we had quite an outbreak in wild turkeys in the Buffalo area. Prior to this, uh, it was thought that wild turkeys would not succumb to high path avian influenza. Um, and we have documented it, um, that they did definitely die from high path AI. Um, and we are concerned that we are going to have another outbreak. It sounds like we're, we're finding some more dead turkeys around Buffalo right now. Do you find that, that there's something in a particular area that may be a bigger cause? You, you mentioned that the Buffalo area is where a big breakout in the turkey was and the raptors. Is it just luck of the draw or is there something about these areas? I mean, it, it kind of depends. And again, when you think of disease transmission, you think of like a couple of things. And the first thing is, is the host itself really susceptible, right? So are our owls or turkeys just more susceptible, right, than our songbirds that we talked about before? And based on what we're seeing, the likelihood is yes. So the one, they're probably more susceptible, right? So we have one strike against these poor creatures. Number two, where are you hanging out, right? What's the environment like where you do on your normal behaviors and all that? And are you putting a higher risk on yourself just based on how you live your life? For these turkeys, for instance, the first one that we documented, close proximity to a farm that had high path AI, right? So they probably didn't do themselves any favors, not that they can help it. Um, but they're put in a position where their environment 
is heavily contaminated, right? So we have another fun check off there. And then the third thing you have to think about is kind of, again, coming back to the hosts and kind of feeding behaviors. Do they put themselves at risk just by how they act? So we have a lot of hawks and great horned owls, you know, and our falcons. A lot of those creatures, we don't like to think about it, especially our bald eagles, are scavengers, right? So they scavenge on dead carcasses. And if you have a lot of dead geese out there, what an ideal opportunity, right, for them to, like, feast on something and, again, they have no clue. So when hunters are out hunting, should they go at the hunt, the harvest, and the disposal any different? And even the, the preparing the food, any different than they normally would? So as uh, as Janet had mentioned, we have that handout for hunters uh, with some guidance on our website. Um, and, you know, you should take some extra precautions. So, you know, when you are um, field dressing your animal, do that outside. Wear gloves. Um, maybe wear a mask might be a great idea. Um, we would like you, and normally they say leave the carcass in the field. We would love it if, you know, whatever you have left, you bag that up, take that and put it into your household trash, get it off the landscape because that is going to be um, infectious to other birds. Uh, like Sam said, you're going to have scavenger species out there. So we'd like to get that off the, off the landscape. Um, make sure you wash your hands, disinfect everything that you had out in the field, um, just clean everything up. Um, don't give pieces of that bird to your your dog. You know, don't bring it home, feed it to the pets. Um, and make sure you're properly cooking that game meat. Yeah, I think you want to get it to 165 Fahrenheit to kill that virus. Um, but if you follow these precautions, and again, we have a handout online with a lot more information, um, you should feel safe to go out there and, and hunt. Now, remember, this is a worldwide thing. This is not just a Wyoming issue it is everywhere. And if you see a bird that you may think is infected with this, Game and Fish would love for you to reach out to them. If you go to wgfd.yo.gov, you can find the uh, the actual handout pamphlet they, they have that has all the information that you're going to need. So remember, if you see something and a bird that may look like it's infected or a bunch of dead birds, to please just let someone know. And you can do that at wgfd.yl.gov. Sam, Jessica, Janet, thank you guys so much. And uh, let's talk again soon and get an update. Thanks, Drew. Happy hunting. Thanks, Drew. Thank you. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. Well, here we are, Brian. Another week and uh, another weather change. Uh, a surprise snowstorm this past week has uh, really um, upped the level of snow up on the mountain. Oh, yeah. It was kind of kind of a heavy, wet snow and uh, definitely selling a lot of uh, bogs, boots, and, uh, you know, cold weather gear. Uh, I'm one of those that bought a pair of those <laughs> bogs boots, <laughs> uh, which you guys have a great selection. I know that there was a concern at one point that the supply chain wasn't going to, you know, have enough boots to, to come in, but you guys do have a lot of uh, options. Yeah, we tried to stay ahead of that that game and uh, it was still a bit of a challenge but um we've got we've got a really good selection still in stock now uh we mentioned that fresh snow on the mountain means that uh snowshoeing and and cross-country skiing is a big option right now yeah we got a really nice base up there um you know just uh 
I think they're keeping the trails pretty well groomed and uh, the, the opportunities to, whether you're snowmobiling or running around on tracks or uh, just uh, snowshoeing, hiking, that kind of stuff, it's a great time to be up there. Now, I know you guys have a great selection, multiple brands and multiple price points. Uh, what does someone need to do when they're trying to figure out what size or what style of snowshoe that they need? Well, the, the snowshoes we carry, I would say, are kind of uh, mostly entry, entry level, you know, medi, medio, medi, mediocre kind of uh, brand. They're not like the, these $500 pair of snowshoes. Mm-hmm. You're looking at, you know, that, that $100, sub $100 pair. And they're, they're primarily just rated by weight. So, you know, if a guy's 200 pounds, they'll recommend a, 30 inch set of snowshoes so tells you right on the tag kind of what to, what to look for and uh, there's a couple different styles of um, how your boots attach to the uh, snowshoe some are more of a clip some are more of a tie-in but uh, yeah you've got uh, quite a couple different options on that and then you do have packages where it's your snowshoes and trekking poles but you can also just buy the snowshoes and then buy the poles separately yeah, you know, I mean, uh, you got a few different options on those, but yeah, the, I kind of like the kits. You know, if you're going to buy snowshoes, you're going to want to have a, a pair of um, <laughs> trekking poles. Trekking poles, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, also, now warmth is something that we we talk about a lot, and you guys do have uh, the the multiple layers when it comes to clothing, but also when you get up there and maybe something goes awry, you can have a, a small little heater that you can pack right with you. Yeah, we carry all the Mr. Heater stuff and, um, you know, little propane burners, that kind of stuff. If you want to do a, um, a meal up there, you know, jet boils are really kind of a, a fun way to grab that, that hunting uh, stove that you mm-hmm. had in there and grab a meal, heat up some water, and, you know, get a little snack while you're up there. And you have a whole wall of MREs. Yeah, yeah the uh, Mountain House, and there's a couple other uh, brands of freeze-dried foods that uh, are super popular. And they really don't taste bad. I, people that, that haven't really gone and, and tried those don't really understand. Yeah, and, and I don't know if it's just that I've been really hungry when I've needed them, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think they taste pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You can even get ice cream sandwiches. I I really like that. You you don't have to do anything but eat that sucker. (laughs) Rocky Mountain Discount Sports, a place to come on in here and all your outdoor activities. You can get uh, just about everything you need here. Uh, It's still some bird hunting going and the the hog derby is coming up in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, we're uh, selling tickets for the hog derby. And um, I think starting this weekend, uh, we're going to have the uh, ice shanty that was donated for the uh, derby. They're going to be... selling raffle tickets i believe for that and they're also going to be selling tickets to the derby uh just out in front of the store here so come on by and get ready because uh, i think we're going to have a really good year snow wise we already have been and uh, that means that ice fishing is probably going to be pretty good check it out rocky mountain discount sports it's wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on my country 95.5 it's Drew and Brian back here on the program. Thanks again for tuning in. You can go to the My Country 95.5 app and listen to all of our other programs. And, uh, you know, we're very informative. And we try to answer questions. If you have any questions, uh, you can hit me up inside the app, and uh, and we'll get that answered for you. And we talked earlier, Brian, with uh, Game and Fish about the avian bird flu that's really affecting not just ducks and geese, but the chickens and the egg population and, and all this. So uh, you've been out in the field a lot this year. Um, have you seen anything that, that maybe looks a little off? You know, um, we haven't. We've been kind of trying to keep our eyes out for that. Um, 
I've, I've heard some stories, uh, mostly south of us, you know, kind of like that Douglas Wheatland area where there's just a guy, you know, randomly is, you know, they shoot a duck and, and they send the dog after it and all of a sudden the duck, the, the dog comes back with a goose. You know, it's like, well, the goose didn't, wasn't shot, but it must have been sick and the dog must have chased it down somehow. So just a few stories like that, but we haven't really seen anything in our neck of the woods here. Man, we went last weekend and, and in the distance, you could just see the, the birds that were up and they would get mm-hmm. up after dogs or whatever would scare them up. And right. it's good to see that. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a, a, a year for the record books for us in, in this area to have this many geese sticking around. I mean, we haven't seen a really good uh, duck population, uh, at least where we're hunting, but the goose population is really good. And so um, I think it's just kind of a perfect storm of what's happened up north, whether it's you know from Canada all the way to the Yellowstone River freezing up kind of early this year, and that kind of pushed those birds down here. and. Fortunately, you know, the North Platte tends to have a few stretches of, uh, of warm water, usually after those power plants and the um, tailwaters of, like, Gray Reef Reservoir. So that's, you know, definitely keeping some of those birds in the area. When we were out, we were seeing uh, some interesting reaction to birds where the wind was so high that they mm-hmm. were coming in, like, four feet, five feet off the ground. It was really right. kind of cool to see. Every day is a little bit different, but on those high wind days, I mean, and if you're set up right, you know, and those geese are just, they're just beating to get, just flopping as hard as they can to get to your decoy spread. I mean, there's nothing like that. Yeah, it was definitely a good time and uh, look forward to more of that. Now, we're kind of in a transition period where bird season is kind of moving out, but ice fishing is full on right now. Uh, we have the Boysen Derby. That's coming up next week. Uh, Ocean Lake, I believe, uh, is going on this weekend. Uh, so we're really into the, the thick of the, the heavy tournaments. Um, have you heard a lot out on the ice right now from, from anglers? You know, the guys are um, having, having really pretty good success up on Pathfinder. Uh, they're not catching a lot of big fish, but, you know, we've talked to Game of Fish in the past, and there's just a ton of little fish yeah. in there. But um, and, and they want us to harvest as many of those as we can, right? So there's there, a lot of guys are catching those 10 to 15, 10 to 14-inch uh, walleyes out of there. The trout have been pretty good. Uh, the, the trout that I've heard that have been caught, you know, all are really healthy and, you know, in that 20 to 22 inch range so good quality fish um boysen i think has been a little bit slow for whatever reason and i think ocean's been a little bit slow now we talked uh ice levels just this past weekend at boysen at some points were 16 to 18 inches thick so it's good ice there yeah, Boysen's got. Fan- I mean, they generally do have fantastic ice. That's and, you know, it's got in that little valley over there. And you know, if you drive over there today, you know, you'll probably be thirty degrees here. And when you get over to the yeah. causeway, you're probably at five. Right. So, and it gets colder from there. You know, so it's it does definitely make some good ice over there. Um, I'm not really sure on the Pathfinder conditions. I think they're pretty good uh, across across the board. Alcova. 
probably good in the bays, but definitely be cautious. Right. And we talked with Game and Fish last week how Alcova has that issue where it doesn't really freeze up solid in the middle mm-hmm. or, or out in the deeper parts, which is kind of a, an odd thing. But Yeah, I think the wind has a little bit of a play on that as well. Um, just, you know, it keeps keeps the motion of the water, just keeps it keeps it open. And, oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of, lot of good opportunities for derbies. Um, had one of the guys here at the store, uh, took a trip up to Healy uh, Reservoir and um, got up early one, one morning and, he said after two hours, he had caught as many fish as he wanted to catch. He, he said at one point they were just putting down bare tungsten jigs, you know, like glow jigs. And now these are all little fish, like they fit yeah. in the palm of your hand. But um, if you're going to take a kid fishing and they want them to be that's successful, go, that's yeah. a good place to be. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, why not? You know, get out. We've got this opportunity. And if you don't know where to start, you don't have the equipment, come on in. Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. Get you set up from your your reels, your tip-ups, your baits, and all the equipment that you need. That's right. We'll take care of you and get you set up. Get over there. Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. All right. Another show is in the books. We do appreciate you tuning in and hope that you were informed today. And if you have any questions or want to reach out in any way, please hit us up. By hitting the message button in the My Country 95.5 app in the upper right-hand corner. Thanks again for listening. You can go on the app, click on demand, and listen to all of our previous shows. Have a great week. Wyoming, hooking and hunting outdoors.